0: Welcome to your Big Buck Legends one on one podcast. All right, here we go. Presented by Kindred Digital, Toy Production Services, and Big Buck Country 1015. All right, I'm listening. Each show, we'll sit down and go one on one with the country music legends. And from time to time, we'll introduce you to the future legends as well. Pour your favorite drink and sit back and enjoy your Big Buck Legends one on one podcast. All right, I think all the levels are set. Let's go! Let's go! Here's your host,
1: Jason Toy. Well, hello, everybody. Jason Toy here with you, and uh, we welcome you in to another edition of our Big Buck Legends one-on-one podcast. And when we started this program, we decided to... uh Obviously, make it about the country music legends. But we also said from time to time, we're going to let you hear from the future legends and even just legends in general. And that's what we're doing today. We're going to hear from a true American legend here today. Joining us on our Big Buck Legends one-on-one podcast is the oldest living Congressional Medal of Honor winner, Mr. Woody Williams, Herschel Woody Williams. And uh, he is still going strong at 98 years old still raising funds for his Gold Star Families organization and also as an ambassador for the Salvation Army. So sit back, relax, enjoy our candid conversation with Congressional Medal of Honor winner Herschel Woody Williams here on our Big Buck Legends one-on-one podcast. All right, we get the honor now to be able to hang out with uh, a great man, a great American, and uh, always get an opportunity to uh, take advantage of the opportunity whenever I get a chance to see him and get him in here on a microphone. We're talking about the great Woody Williams and Congressional Medal of Honor winner, uh, and uh, what twenty nine years old now, right? But how old well, you are now? Yeah, t- yeah,
2: a little bit it's a little <laughs> better than that, yeah. <laughs> Couple more years older.
1: 98, right? 98. And you just had a birthday not too long ago, so happy birthday. October 2nd, yes, sir. All right, I've asked you before, and I'm I'm going to give this to people all the time. I want you to give it to them. What is the key to staying healthy at 98?
2: Two things. All right. All right. Number one is I have continued to exercise my body every morning. Now, there's some mornings when I get up at 4 o'clock in the morning going to take, take a flight I might miss. But uh-huh. normally every morning I do an exercise to work every part of my body so that every joint works. And I don't have any pain in any joint that I have. So uh, that's one thing. Uh-huh. I, if we don't keep our bodies limber and moving, then they're going to stabilize and,
1: yeah, and, and you got to slow down. Yeah. yeah.
2: The other thing is when uh when I was still working I had a boss who was uh, about 48 years of age I'm about 26 years of age and he had more energy than any man I had ever seen he had been in World War II came out as a colonel and he was the manager of our veterans administration office mm-hmm. here in Huntington and I was his public information officer, so I had to go with him wherever he went, making speeches and appearances and that sort of thing. And you know, we would just—if we were in Shenston, West Virginia, and it was going to take four hours to get home, we still drove home, and you know, didn't make any difference about the hours. Mm-hmm. But he'd be at work the next morning at seven o'clock. Didn't make any difference what time we got in. And one day, I said to him. Where in the world do you get all your energy? He was about to wear me out, you know, and I'm 26 years old. And he said, my dad was a country doctor in Blacksburg, Virginia, and he's the only doctor in town. But he said, when I was 16 years old, he told me, if you want to stay healthy and keep up your energy, drink vinegar and cider every morning.
1: A little bitter, isn't it? (laughs)
2: <laughs> vinegar, cider, yeah. and honey. And hun- vinegar and honey every morning. It I said all together, vinegar right. and cider. Vinegar and honey every morning. Uh-huh. He says I've been doing it ever since. Wow. The only time I didn't do it was when I was in the army and I couldn't do it. But I, I said, well, if it works for him, maybe it'll work <laughs> for me. So from the mid '60s, every morning, I do vinegar and honey. Uh, just a jigger full of, mm-hmm. of, of uh, vinegar but some honey and warm water so that the honey will melt and I've been doing that all these many years. I've got most of my kids doing it or my grandchildren doing it. Uh, Tim Wolf, our yeah. former sheriff and now lawyer <laughs> I mean uh, <laughs> uh, judge, uh, I, he's doing it. So uh, a great number of people and i Finally worked up a recipe so I can pass out cards when they ask me, "Where do you get all your energy? How do you stay so young?" Well, I give them a card for my recipe.
1: (laughs) Did you patent that? Did you put the?
2: I I thought about that.
1: (laughs) Woody Williams is here with us. What kind of vinegar is it? Just white vinegar? No,
2: no, it's it's it's. Vinegar that is has a mother in it, okay. And the bottle is made by, by an outfit called Bragg's, mm-hmm. and it has right on the bottle in red letters, with mother. With mother, okay. That if it doesn't if it doesn't have that, then it's manufactured. <laughs> uh, you know, it's made together. But if if it uh, is the has the mother in it, then it is natural. It's raw, raw.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, vinegar, and then you do natural, just the raw honey too, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, straight from all honey. Wow, that's awesome. So, uh, uh, so you actually put it on a card, huh?
2: Oh uh, yeah. Well, I got to ask so many times I, <laughs> I got tired telling it, so I just wrote it out the recipe. All right.
1: There's, here's here's my this is my weekend task here. I'm going to get this together. I'll, I'm, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start this. And okay. See, and see how good right. I'll let you know about it. It so, sure
2: can't hurt you, but it, it just might help you. <laughs>
1: What what did what did the military teach you? What, what what did it do to shape you as a man? Well,
2: I was born and raised in a large family, and and uh, we were taught that uh, you obey mm-hmm. number one. Uh, my father would make the statement uh, many times, I'm only going to tell you this one time. I don't want to have to tell a second time. <laughs> so that helped. When I went into the Marine Corps, I had no trouble adjusting because of my teaching as I grew up. But going into the military, your life completely changes. You take on a new life that you had never, ever anticipated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Then you have to go to war and you do something that you were taught that you should never, ever do, and that's to take a life. But all of a sudden, if you're going to save your freedom, save your country, and protect your your people, then it's necessary that somebody wins, and that needs to be you. And consequently, you have to eradicate the other people in order to win the war. And— you live with that for several years, or at least I did, and many of them longer than me, you know, four yep. and five years. And then when you come home, you've got to make a readjustment. You've got to go back to where you were prior to military. And sometimes that's a very difficult adjustment to make. We have a lot of individuals that have trouble readjusting to civil life. Yeah. And I had problems because uh, you just can't forget overnight all that horror that you saw and witnessed and been part of during a period of war. How long
1: did it take you to get over that, or have you gotten over it?
2: Well, yes, I have finally. uh, The Lord finally rescued me, Mm -hmm. really. I couldn't forgive myself. That was my problem Uh, because I'd been taught you never take a life, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and then I did, and then I just couldn't forgive myself. (laughs) Finally, I... I sought the forgiveness of the Lord. He forgave me. That made it possible for me to forgive myself, and my life changed again. Wow. I became another person (laughs) completely from what I was prior to that day.
1: You know— and, and what you and marines are the toughest of the tough i mean and when it when it comes to it and what you guys were asked to do and and still they're asked to do you and I were talking off the air here about your your great grandson who's doing uh winter what does it call it cold weather training cold weather training up in the snow right now, but how do you balance knowing okay this is what I'm here for, this is what I'm supposed to be doing and being scared I mean just plain scared, yes, is that a hard balance to work?
2: It is a very difficult balance to work. It surely is. Uh, and, there, of course, I'm not quite sure whether the readjustment is harder or not, but in my mind it was. Mm-hmm. It was harder to readjust back to civil life than it was to readjust <laughs> for military life. Yeah. you know. So uh, uh, individuals that have experienced combat uh, – There is nothing in the world like it, and there is no explanation that you can give to a person that has never been in a combat situation because it's just something you can't can't visualize and you can't comprehend why or how uh, you do that or even why it's necessary.
1: Woody Williams is here with us. And this transition, you come back from active duty, you come back stateside, and you talk about the transition of. Not forgetting, but trying, like you said, forgiving and, and moving on from that. And it seems like nowadays that has seen is more in the forefront. You know, we hear about uh, what every twenty-two minutes uh, a soldier or a soldier takes their own life and yes. suicide and all that stuff. And it, I'm glad there's a voice about it now yes. to try to get the help.
2: Yes, we didn't do that after World War II. Really? No, no. And we had a number of the same kind of situations because there was no place for the individual to go at that time. Uh, to receive counseling or assistance in any way. Mm-hmm. And now we have so many avenues that persons can go to and seek professional help that was never available to World War One or World War Two guys. Uh, it, it became somewhat available after the Korean conflict or the war and uh, then became very prevalent after the Vietnam mm-hmm. War. And now today it's just unreal of the services that are available to uh, any individual that wants to seek help mm-hmm. and it's there for them and it's free to them but they've got to take the initiative to do it
1: because we hear we hear a lot of the news negative when it comes to the VA, but there is a ton of positive things. I don't think the light shone on as much about the VA. And oh, you talk about yeah. the services they offer there.
2: Yes, absolutely. And the Huntington VA Medical Center is just unreal in the way of of uh, the way they treat veterans, the personalities that are uh, that are existing there uh, to make it friendly and the desire to serve, mm-hmm. it's just so obvious. Now, you have different people in different parts of the world and different parts of the, of America that maybe that isn't true, but it certainly is true at at the Huntington VA Medical mm-hmm. Center that just by happens to have my name on it. And <laughs> I didn't have anything to do with that, and I was uh, completely uh, astounded when they that when they told me that that medical center was going to carry my name, I, I don't know why these things happen to me. Yes. I, I, I know that the experiences that I've had, the great privileges that have come my way, are a result of what others did before.
1: Is it overwhelming?
2: It can be overwhelming. It really can. Yes. yes. And uh, but I am very appreciative of the fact that. Our people, friends and uh, total strangers mm-hmm. recognize the fact that uh, that our country does recognize those that have gone maybe beyond yeah. the call of duty. Uh, so many of them sacrificed their lives in doing that and the Medal of Honor was given to the next of kin to the mother or father or widow or. Mm-hmm. Children, but uh, it's still it's still there. That that dedication and love to serve is still in our armed forces. It's not I don't believe as prevalent now as yeah. it was a few years ago, but it'll come back.
1: That's awesome, indeed. Hey, uh, before I let you go here, and you're, you're always in demand, so I, I appreciate the time when you give it to me. Let's talk about the Gold Star families a little yes. bit. Uh, you guys continue. First off, tell folks that may not know about what it is, give them the, the, kind of the breakdown of what it is.
2: Okay. Well, you know, back in World War I, we started, or a mother started, a Gold Star mother's organization. And for years and years, that was the only person that we knew or the only term that we used was gold star mother. We didn't go beyond mother, and of course, we all know that we're closer to our mothers than we are to anybody else, but, but uh, eventually, uh, a father, a gold star father, and we'd never mentioned gold star dad. That term was never used that I have ever heard until about 2008, mm-hmm. and um, uh, Gold Star Dad, who was a widower, had no, no family. He was by himself. He was alone, and he lost a son in Afghanistan, and he told me about that. He told me about receiving that knock on the door and the two Army guys standing there telling him that his son had been killed. Mm-hmm. He had nobody to talk to. He had nobody to communicate with, or to, or to share in his grief, and uh, so from that I determined personally that we had to do something to recognize the over eleven thousand individuals in West Virginia who have sacrificed their lives. We'd never said anything about their relatives at all, except ghost our mother,
0: mm-hmm. you know.
2: So we decided we'd have a family. Memorial, a a memorial to honor all relatives related to that individual because everybody related grieves to some extent when you lose a loved one. Mm -hmm. And we did the very first one at the Donald Kennard Cemetery in Nitro uh, or Dunbar. Uh, And that was the first one ever done in the United States of America. And West Virginia did it and we thought we had done what we were supposed to do, and we were finished. But a, the son of a father who lost his life in Vietnam saw it on the Internet. He was at Valley Forge, Pennsylvania, and he said, we need one of those here too because we have families in this community that have lost loved ones. Mm-hmm. So he did number two, and then it just continued to go. And and just a couple of weeks ago, we dedicated the 88th Gold Star uh-huh. Family Memorial Monument in the country, and at least one in every state in the Union. That's awesome. And West Virginia has seven, <laughs> and we're working on about six more. <laughs> so West Virginia is, is, as known, one of the most patriotic states mm-hmm. of our Union. And uh, it's evidenced by the fact that people in these communities want to do something so that those loved ones will never be
1: God. so that's what the memorial is in these that's locations right. so your silhouette is there uh, saluting which is is great and this allows where families can go and remember right yes
2: and get acquainted with each other they didn't know each other yeah. they've never met each other they didn't even know each other existed in the community
1: i'll say it almost started the community yeah. then, didn't it wow. so
2: now they're coming together and gaining friendships and sharing with each other that they've never been able to do
1: before and support i'm sure yes yeah That's awesome. And it's a nonprofit, obviously, and it takes fundraising to be able to make this stuff happen. And that's what you work tirelessly on now. That's right. Wow.
2: Our nearest one here to Huntington, of course, is at the Barberville Lake. Mm -hmm. If you haven't been there to see it, it's worth your travel to go out and see the Gold Star Family Memorial Monument there that honors those of this area. They sacrificed their lives for all of us.
1: That's awesome, and of course, there's a website too, and everything else, because folks get more yes. detail on. Yes. Woody, before I let you go here, and you know, before the good Lord calls us back up, what do you want folks to remember, Woody Williams? As,
2: boy, that's a tough one to answer, because
1: uh, you've done so good, uh, so well, much good for everybody.
2: Just remember uh, me as I am. Mm-hmm. I, I love to serve people. I love to help people in any way that I possibly can. And I think that that desire was placed in my heart by by the Lord mm-hmm. to help anyone that you that I can and remember me as a person willing to serve.
1: And you still are. Salvation Army stuff you're That's doing, too. That's right, yeah. 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 A great ambassador for him. You're a great ambassador for all of us, sir. We appreciate everything as always, and it's an honor truly for me. Uh, I know my dad, who uh, uh, passed away a couple of years ago as a result of uh, – Agent Orange basically yeah. from, from Vietnam that right. got him later in life and uh, when I would tell him stories about you and whatsoever he was he became a hero <laughs> you became one of his heroes too so and you were a great hero to me and so many others and thank you for all you continue to do sir well thank you for your
2: time I appreciate it
1: well there you have it folks a great true American right there and Herschel Woody Williams Congressional Medal of Honor winner and still going strong at 98 years young and thanks to Woody for stopping by and hanging out with us also too thank you for his continued work for the Gold Star families and as an ambassador for the Salvation Army, especially as we head towards the holiday season. Thanks for checking in on your Big Buck Legends one-on-one podcast. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and listen to us anytime, anywhere. And thanks for checking us out with Big Buck Country, 101.5.
0: right, son, the party's over. You've been listening to your Big Buck Legends one-on-one podcast. Thank you for checking us out. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Okay, I need to tell you two things. If you want to contact us, you can email us at studio at bigbuck1015.com or find us online at bigbuck1015.com. The Big Buck Legends One On One podcast has been a production of Kindred Digital, Toy Production Services, and your home for the legends. Big Buck Country 1015.